CM Punk return last week. Uh, That's what we're here to talk about today, right? We uh, we interrupted our program last week to talk about CM Punk, which perfect return. It was all the rage. It was on the top of like ESPN's like normal yeah. news ticker thing for a while. I was like, man, this is a big deal. Yeah. Then it made me think: Would this have been a big, as big a deal as when um, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall showed up? It was like, <gasps> wait a minute. Yeah. What are, What are they doing here? Yeah. So before my time, but yeah. <laughs> I've listened to all the podcasts and I understand how big of a moment it was. What was so stupid was they're like, what we used to call it like the HEB brand of Razor Ramon and Diesel they had for like four months at oh. WWF. <laughs> and that guy who was Diesel wound up becoming his cane. And before that, he was Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS. I was probably in high school and I realized that Kane and Undertaker weren't actually really brothers. Oh, you, you poor, poor. It's okay. <laughs> I think there was a running gag at, at school that Paul Bearer was, in fact, Undertaker's dad in real life. Yeah. And then I found out that was not true. And I was like, wrestling's fake. <laughs> that ruined it for me. I was like, wait a minute. Sean Michaels' last name is Hickenbottom? What kind of shit is that? Wait, they're not, friends? <laughs> he's not really from San Antonio? Is no, he not? no, but he is. Oh, I was like, What? <laughs> My face whipped around real quick when you said that. I was like, hold on. I've gone my entire adult to child life thinking. I was training. She, she's one of my closer friends at work now. But when she first transferred up from San Antonio to Austin, I knew she didn't watch wrestling or anything. But I was like, oh, you're from San Antonio. You know who's a big deal in San Antonio? Shawn Michaels. She's like, I feel like I know that name. And then she like got on my computer and, and Googled Shawn Michaels. But she spelled it S-E-A-N. And that's a porn star. Oh, God. And she did it under the images search. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Delete, delete, delete. (laughs) I thought that story was going to go differently where you were like, she got on my computer, minimized the window I had up, and noticed my Sean Sean Michaels wallpaper. (laughs) It was was good. You know what else was good? What else? The 1991 classic, Point Break. Look at that transition. Don't forget the word cult classic. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't think it's a cult classic. I think it's a real classic. I it think, is yeah. awesome. So uh, let's just go ahead and kick it off. So if you can't tell already, you got me and you got Antonio tonight. And it's it's going to be a little rowdy because uh, it's just, it's it's this podcast version of Johnny and Bodie. That, that's who we are. I, I would never kidnap Amanda for me to pull off something. However this metaphor works, I wouldn't do that to you. So you think you're Bodie. I'm just kidding. You're claiming, you're calling it now. <laughs> Doing that part of this already, huh? You know what? I I could see I could see that because yes, you would definitely be the Bodie. I'd be the Johnny. That's for, that that's for sure. I could see that. But I think you would feel just as bad as Patrick Swayze does in that van. He's like, man, you know, I didn't really want to do. <sighs> Remember when, yeah. when, he, when he when he pops open that awesome like little old school TV? <laughs> that thing had to have been expensive back in '91. Oh hell yeah. Plus a video cam, like camcorder. A live feed. <laughs> yeah. I could see Antonio be like, listen, Amanda did, uh, yeah, forced my hand. I'd be like, no, I, I like you, man. Like, <laughs> you did, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I am an FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love Keanu Reeves. Uh, well, if you can't tell what we're doing, even though we've already talked about it, but we are doing 1991's Point Break. Hey, real quick, are you a surfer? 
Have you ever have you ever gone surfing? Ryan, I can't even swim. You can't swim? No. In a week and a day, you're you're gonna be in Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. Eating a lot of tacos. Staying on the sand? Yeah. You're not gonna come out on the water? Sand is great. Unlike Anakin, I don't not <laughs> like sand. <laughs> Think sand is great. Point Break was released on July 12th, 1991. It brought in $83.5 million on a $24 million budget, making it the 29th highest grossing movie of 1991, just ahead of Regarding Henry with Harrison Ford, and it narrowly beat out Brad Pitt's first major screen role, Thelma and Louise. So it made more money than Thelma and Louise in that movie. Everyone fucking loved. But we love this one more. One of the main reasons why I did vote for this movie, other than it being like a childhood movie of mine, I, yes, I watched this as a child, in two seasons, we haven't done Keanu Reeves. And I thought, what better way to do a Keanu Reeves movie than to do Point Break? We haven't done Patrick Swayze either, which Patrick Swayze, if you had told me a year ago, we're going to do a podcast about movies and we haven't done Roadhouse yet, I would have bet my entire, like, all the money I have in the bank and all my crypto. I was about to say, what a, all your safe moon, right? <laughs> all my safe moon and my little bit of doge. I would have sworn we would have done Roadhouse by now, and we haven't, and I'm super sad about that. But anyway, you know I always like to start off with a question, Antonio. Question of the week. So let me see how <laughs> hyperbolic I can make this. I have three, actually. Is this a top three movie for everyone in the cast? Like, in their filmography? This has to be one of the, like, movies we do where, like, everyone in this cast, this is, like, in their top three. I'm talking Keanu, Swayze, Busey, and Lori Petty. For sure petty. For sure petty, but it was actually a little bit harder than you think. Because some of these movies, like this is a very important movie, I think, for like the main people in this, mm -hmm. obviously to their careers. But the most obvious one that you would think it would be like, I, I almost think like this is Keanu's top three. It might not actually be in Keanu's top three. Yeah. So, okay. Keanu's got The Matrix franchise he's got the john wick franchise and then the, i would put this in that top three uh the only other one i was looking at his imbd earlier was constantine i didn't know he was in constantine that would be the one i forgot honestly also about speed speed okay yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. the second question is does point break have the best opening sequence in a movie that leads to one of the most used gifts in our lifetime no. Damn it. Okay, well, that one. I don't think I use any gifts in. Okay. You don't use the I guess I've, I've, I've used it a couple times recently, but it's not the first one I go searching for. All right. If that wasn't hyperbolic enough, then I got the last one for you. Antonio, are you still young, dumb, and full of cum? Hell yeah. <laughs> I was trying so hard to figure out how to put that in this, and I was like, oh, it's just going to be him and I. I'll just go ahead and ask him. I'm excited to talk about this movie in depth, and I'm really more excited to talk about the people in this movie than almost the movie, than, than basically the movie itself, because it's a little bit of an older movie, but there's a lot of movies, one franchise in particular that I feel like completely just took this movie, and, and we've discussed, I think we actually said it, mm -hmm. and no big 
surprise. It's Fast and the Furious. I think we said it in one of the Fast Pods that we did. So I feel like w- there's so much we could talk about on that, but I just really want to talk about more kind of like the people in this. But you and I are the only ones that voted for this movie, and it just so happens that you and I actually are the only ones doing this pod. Why do you love this movie? Man, so I, re- I had only seen this movie recently. Recently, and by recently, I mean within the last five or six years. And I had a, a guy that I worked with that was a huge movie buff. And he was just like, you know what? A, he, he, he quoted it as the ultimate guy. Movie. And he didn't actually describe it at all. He just like, you know what is the ultimate guy movie that I think you should see if you have it? He said Point Break. And I watch it. And yeah, you get your car chase scenes. You have your love interests with a super hot babe. I don't know that Bodhi is an actual villain so much as an anti-hero. Like they, it's a really complex character. And so it's one of the first movies that I can remember where you're rooting for both. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them's going to win, but the ending I think does a really good job of like tying it all together as to like, who is the one that you should be kind of rooting for. I saw this movie at a super young age I just remember it always being like constantly on like HBO or Cinemax, like in the mid to late nineties. And I, I love like literally everyone in this movie. Like I'm a, I'm a big Keanu fan, Swayze, all of them. Um, well, I mean, we might as well get into it now. Like one of the reasons why I wanted to do this movie, aside from it being our first Keanu first Patrick Swayze movie is, is because of that. The casting in this movie is freaking awesome. You got Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Gary Busey, Lori Petty. So Keanu plays Johnny Utah, which kick-ass name. Eat your heart out, Johnny Unitas. First time I ever heard Johnny Unitas was on Pete and Pete. I didn't know who that was. Like that show on Nickelodeon. They talked about, I was like, man, that's such a cool, like that's a cool quarterback name. Johnny Unitas. It's like universe. And then Johnny Utah. Like it just sounds like tough. And it's such a, pop culture name because i know i had heard that name prior to seeing point break and this was the reference to it yeah and it's like i never understood i was like johnny utah like okay cool like whatever like i knew i would ring it read it on reference like on grantland you know several times yeah. back in the day and it was like it, over my head but i was like johnny utah johnny utah that that was like the first thing that clicked when i when i first saw this movie i know keanu reeves gets a lot of shit for being a one note actor but that's the majority out there's opinion. I think he freaking nails this role. I think he plays it perfectly. And I know a lot of times people are like, oh, he plays like that stupid surfer kind of surfer mentality, like uh, uh, way about him. But it fits. It fits the character of what he needs to be. He turned it up a couple times, like where it was like, okay, like he's having fun with this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When they in that scene where they're trying to collect hair to mm-hmm. do samples, he's like, Bro, I saved your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delivery is perfect. That's exactly how it, they would talk. So Keanu, up until that point, this is just going up until right around Point Break. He did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 89. Parenthood in 89, which that was the first time I remember seeing Keanu Reeves was in Parenthood as the boyfriend. And it's basically the same character in this movie. But elevated and much more intelligent. Like, I say much more intelligent. Meaning, if you don't think he's intelligent in this movie, in Parenthood, you'd be like, wow, that guy is dumb. And he does play it very, very well. And he does Point Break, 91. He does Dracula, 92. And then he becomes like the ultimate guy of that mid-90s range when he does Speed in 1994. 
Keanu takes kind of like a weird turn. He starts doing like dramas. Then he just completely makes a U-turn into, I'm going back into action, sci-fi-ish, futuristic-ish, The Matrix. And then it just goes on from there. Then he starts making some more, like not rom-coms, but he makes like more romantic kind of movies, like Sweet November. Constantine's in there somewhere, which isn't like an action movie. And then has like another renaissance, the John Wick movies. And then, you know, another renaissance becoming like the character known as Keanu. You know what I mean? I just think that his career is one that is so unique because of how many different stages his career has been in. I don't know. Are you a Keanu fan? Uh, I would say more so recently. Like the John, uh, like John Wick and, on. So that's the thing. I've actually never seen any of the John Wick movies. You, uh, I would have yeah. thought that you would have. Yeah. And I know they're like on TNT all the time. Uh, I, I was going to make an effort when John Wick three came out. And then when they released news that John Wick four was going to come out, I was like, you know what? I'll just hold it off. Whatever month John Wick four comes out, I'm just going to binge all three of them. The, week or two leading into it and we're just going to get this shit but like he's i don't like i you know i watch his interviews with like ellen and all the late night shows and he's just a, oh to me he's a super likable dude so oh absolutely you know, I, i've gone out you know i won't say it now but like one of his passion projects is going to be my recommendation later you know when we do ratings and recommendations so and i, I can't believe i left it off when we were, i was naming some of his like later movies after this 19 or in 2000 is either 99 or 2000. He does the replacements <laughs> where I know people have said it, but I have to say it too. I don't understand why in the replacements, they just didn't name him Johnny Utah. Like why couldn't he have just been instead of no, don't get me wrong. Shane Falco. That's another cool ass name. And yeah. here's my hot take on the Shane Falco deal. Joe Flacco would not be as cool and he's not cool at all. Because his name so similarly matched up to Shane Falco, that's the only reason why I was a Joe Flacco fan for like five minutes. Because of Shane Falco. During that Joe Elite run. Joe oh, Cole. man. He bet on himself, Antonio. I was right there with him, man. Coming out of Delaware, that arm, like, hey, good for you, man. Get your money. Patrick Swayze. Bodie. I've always thought Bodie's a cool name. I was very conflicted watching this performance now versus when I was young. Because Patrick Swayze is always a good guy. You know what I mean? And he's technically the bad guy. I mean, he's a bank robber, does kill a cop. So it's kind of like, you know, so you are the bad guy, dude. But I never realized his mantra, like what his whole perception of life was about. Like the uh, we are we are the enlightenment to people who drive on the freeway in their steel coffins, all that like that around the, the the bonfire talk. This time around, I was like, not this time, but lately, like in my past teenage years, I was like, that's some shit. It's true. We're all, I, I can remember just driving on 35 or on Mopac, just being like, this is life, man. This is adulthood in my in my steel coffin, my metal coffin or whatever it's called. When you have those shitty wigs, it's quotes like that. Yeah. Like someone that's super zen, you're like, he's right, but what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Nothing. Still gonna have bills tomorrow, so Patrick Swayze around that point. He was actually top billed in this movie. So Patrick Swayze does The Outsiders in 1983, Red Dawn, which is a great movie, Young Blood, uh, Red Dawn in 1984, Young Blood in 86. And then here comes like the iconic like four in a row that is like 
up there with like your Tom Hanks four in a row, your Daniel Day Lewis. Like you're I'm just being stupid. I'm just kidding. You just blew my mind. What? I love Red Dawn. And Red I Dawn's awesome. Forgot that he was in it. Oh yeah. Red Dawn's a forgotten movie that maybe if we ever need a filler episode, we're just gonna do Red Dawn. We'll do both. The re- I, I love the remake too. Do not watch the remake of this movie. I know I'm skipping ahead, way ahead, but yeah, the remake of this movie. Holy shit. And here's the run. Dirty Dancing in 1987, iconic. Roadhouse, 1989, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That movie is iconic. Ghost, 1990, iconic. And then Point Break, 91. And then his career kind of like tails off. And I understand like later on he wound up getting sick. And then, you know, rest in peace, by the way. Dow, I hope you knew that. He passed away in 2009. But after that, it was, uh, he does one movie, uh, Big Dog, I think, which is like an 18-wheeler movie. I never saw it, and his career just kind of fades. Let's not disrespect. Oh, Tu Wong Fu. We, we talked about it briefly in season one. Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Let's not, let's, let's not disrespect him. I remember that. I remember that episode when you brought it up. You're like, it's a good movie. He plays a dance instructor, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Patrick Swayze? Yeah, I mean, uh, if we were doing like the top three billings, um, I would say, you know, or with him, I think I wrote on the outline where it's, you're going to think either Dirty Dancing or, you know, Roadhouse with him. I think like when you mentioned Patrick Swayze, those are the top two that I think come to mind. And I hate to gender, you know, be a, do the gender bias thing, but I think if you're a teenage girl, you're more likely to say Dirty Dancing. If you're an early 20s dude, you're more likely to say Roadhouse. If you're me, you say Point Break. And if you're me... You're a teenage girl in a mid-30s body. When I say Patrick Swayze, call back to season one, the first thing that comes to mind is Ghost. Because I was forced to watch that movie a lot as a kid. Not a lot, but you know what I mean? Like That's being hyperbolic. Uh, But second would be... It would definitely be Point Break. Roadhouse to me is just incredible movie roadhouse is the one that comes to mind the most that if it's on i have got to watch it at least until we're like sam elliott comes out and then after that i'm like okay whatever <laughs> probably in season one i mentioned something about roadhouse and amanda was like i don't think i've ever seen it and i turned on uh that episode of parks and rec where andy dwyer reenacts different movies and he reenacts roadhouse <laughs> one of the best lines he goes that for you've seen roadhouse right uh, it's been a while, but I, I should, yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything. No. He goes, Patrick Swayze does like the mystical, magical throat punch he's not supposed to do, rips out the guy's throat, kills him. Why? Can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw the ending of Roadhouse not too long ago. Where it was, I was just channel surfing and it was on. I was like, it's 10 minutes left. Fuck it. Let's go. But I have no idea why that movie of all movies is the one that you're right. Like even you, who's not like a big roadhouse fan, you'd be like, you know what? It's on. Fuck it. Just watch it. Gary Busey, which has one of the greatest names along with Johnny Utah, Angelo Papas. Classic that guy. So for me, obviously, you know, well for me, like I don't, I don't recognize people or no names or anything like that. Like his face comes on. It's like, Oh, he's, I know I've seen him in, 15 other movies, TV shows, something. Right. He's just got that recognizable face. You're like me and you're super, super casual movie or TV watcher. Gary Busey is very special to me uh, for a number of different reasons. 
most people know Gary Busey now as being like I, I he was on um, he was on one season of The Apprentice. He was on like Celebrity Rehab. He's had a troubled life towards like the night, like from the eighties on. Very talented actor. I he holds a special place in my heart because, I, and I've said it. I think this season, I watched Lethal Weapon with my dad a lot as a kid, and he is the main bad guy in the first Lethal Weapon. He's Joshua, like this albino looking crazy killer guy that you can light, you can put a lighter on his arm and he's not going to flinch. It's, it's burned in my mind, that image, that particular scene. Very few people know he was actually nominated for an Oscar for best actor in 1978 for the Buddy Holly story, which I saw that movie. I don't really remember it, but I know I've seen it. He, it's, it's no La Bamba. Amen. It's another one we're going to do at some point, people. La Bamba. Listen to that soundtrack all week. Get prepped for next week. Even My though man. I'm going to deep water. Then he has kind of a weird 80s. Lethal Weapon, 1987. And then he reunites with Danny Glover in Predator 2 in 1991. He does Point Break in 91. Then one of my all-time favorite Steven Seagal movies, Tommy Lee Jones, 1992. He does Under Siege. Comes out in The Firm. You've seen Rookie of the Year, right? He's Chet Stedman. He's the manager, right? No, he's the old over-the-hill pitcher that teaches, oh. that gets, that gets. he becomes like the father figure for Henry. Oh, it's on Hulu. I need to rewatch it here. He's basically like the coach, but he's okay. not the coach. He's the old has-been pitcher that like has to babysit this kid now. And then, of course, he's in one of my all-time favorite TV shows as himself, playing a parody of himself, like a heightened parody of himself in Entourage. He is fucking hilarious. Jerry Ferreira has like this very famous scene with him on the on on the beach. And Jerry is like, I don't know if he's acting or not. It's really funny. It's really good. But um, I mean, Gary Busey is like that crazy uncle that you have. And you see a lot of that as Angelo in this movie. For sure. He, he's he's fun. And then last, Lori Petty. On a smoke show. You into that, huh? Oh, man. I mean, look, watching it this week. You know, with news today that the day they were recording that Cobra Kai is renewed for a season for a fifth season, what, what? before season four is even released. But uh, a couple, you're telling me that Johnny Lawrence, you know, doesn't have Maxim magazine from the early '90s with Lori Petty hanging out in his Duke or USC, you know, <laughs> dorm room. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would, dude. Okay, here's my beef with Lori Petty. Actually, let me get to uh, some of the movies she's in. So she comes out in Cadillac Man in 1990, which is like one of her first major roles, which is a forgotten Robin Williams movie. One that I haven't actually seen. So Tim Robbins, I've never seen it. Point Break in 91. Here's the annoying run for me, for her, where she's just annoying in every single role. A League of Their Own, 1992. She plays Kit, Gina Davis's kid sister that winds up like, spoiler alert, being the hero of the end of that movie. She's just annoying as shit in that movie free willie 1993 where she's willie's trainer annoying as shit and then in 94 and i can't believe we haven't done a poly shore movie but in the army now annoying and then they gave her tank girl which is a cult classic and then she kind of like fades away does a bunch of tv movies straight to video movies and then makes somewhat of a return with orange is the new black which i've never seen I haven't really got... Well, actually, I've seen it, just haven't gotten into it. It's not great. She had a great, like, run in the early 90s. And she... 
she's not classically hot, but she's hot in this movie. She's hot for the right for the demographic they're shooting for. You ever gone commando in denim? It's not comfortable. So you've done <laughs> in that scene where he's like looking under the binoculars and she's changing into her clothes. I was like, oh, oh, she's com- oh, commando. Well, in. I feel it's more comfortable. No, go ahead. I'm go actually ahead. just not going to say it. No, oh, say it. Say it. it. Come on. Say it. Like it's probably easier to go commando if you're a woman in denim than it is a guy. I'll buy that. Lori Petty in this movie dressed just like how women are dressed today. High-waisted, denim, sad. All y'all need to do is just cut that hair. <laughs> Man, that haircut. That you, short hair. You've got that Johnny Utah haircut too, by the way. <laughs> I just now noticed that. <laughs> this is me in my natural form without the headbands. Uh, is there anyone you would have replaced in this movie? Uh I don't think so. I think everyone's kind of ingrained in those roles. Also don't know who was what age and who was big around that time frame. Yeah. Actually, it, it's a different movie for a smaller side role. I don't know if it's as good. It's a different kind of angry with it. It's going to be Martin Cove for John McGinley. Oh, it's Ben Hart. How Harp goes like super hardcore, like yelling, yelling, yelling. I can now picture Martin Coe yelling, but in the form of a question, like how he does. Do we have a problem, Mr. Lawrence? You know, like, or, you know, but saying like. Or if he's the undercover, uh, if he just makes a quick cameo as the undercover DEA Nazi agent. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Instead of uh, Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Tom Sizemore looked coked out of his mind in that scene. You know what? Guy. He might have been. Those are different times. Fights Nazis in the late 90s, early 2000s. Early 90s is a not undercover Nazi. I bet he's got some stories to share. Oh, I'm sure. The studio wanted initially to play the part of Johnny Utah. They wanted Matthew Broderick was one of the names. Yeah. Inspector Gadget. Uh, Johnny Depp. Which, okay, I could see because of the time. But Catherine Bigelow was like, no, it's going to be Keanu Reeves or I don't do this movie. Which, good for you. Because I cannot picture anybody else being Johnny Utah. Until I found out who the original director was supposed to be. It was originally supposed to be the late Tony Scott. Who did Top Gun. And then I thought, what if you keep it still a dark-haired guy and a blonde-haired guy, and you just bring Tom Cruise to play Johnny Utah and bring Val Kilmer to play Bodie. Knowing what I know now after watching Val Kilmer's like documentary on Amazon, Val, that would have been fun. Right, this is already a pretty long movie. Oh, you God. know how much longer it would have been because you have to add all those Tom Cruise running scenes? <laughs> you have to extend those scenes. I thought that'd be kind of cool just to see, but I can't picture anybody else in this movie. Like this movie, since those movies that when you, when you watch as a child, you just, you, you cannot see anybody else in those roles. You, you can't do it, but imagine they actually get like a real football player to play Johnny Utah. Mm. OJ Simpson. <laughs> it's a different movie. I don't know if OJ in the early nineties was big on, on surfing. He lived in L.A., Brentwood. Yeah. We, we all know that. <laughs> More of a golfer, 
kind of sky. I think a surfboard fits in the back of a Bronco. That's his real alibi. <laughs> I was surfing. <laughs> so I always like to talk about awards. We're definitely on a roll. Zero Academy Award nominations for this movie. But it was nominated for three MTV Movie Awards, Best Action Sequence for the second skydive. And both Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves were nominated for the Most Desirable Male, with Keanu Reeves winning Most Desirable Male. Uh, he beat out Kevin Costner, Christian Slater, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and of course Patrick Swayze. This movie lost out Best Action Sequence to the freeway scene in T2. Fun fact, I don't know if you know this, Point Break was released a week after Terminator 2, which, as you know, was directed by James Cameron, who actually did some uncredited rewrites to the script to help out his wife, who, guess who his wife was at the time? Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. The director of this movie. He won that year, but I think she got the last laugh of their divorce, because in 2010, the Oscars, she beat out her ex-husband, James Cameron, winning both Best Director and Best Picture with The Hurt Locker, kicking the shit out of Avatar. So yes, the Academy does get shit right because Avatar sucks. What do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Story time. Boom, boom. So my coworker that told me about this movie being like the perfect ultimate guy movie. When he told me that, I was like, man, but I remember those trailers looking like super shitty. Like it just looks like a dumb concept for a movie. (laughs) You know what? I'll go ahead and give it a shot. So mind you, did not know this was a remake. Or did not know that the 2015, 14, whatever year, Point Break was a remake. I thought it was like an original movie. So I go home one weekend and it's on Hulu or Netflix. I just see Point Break. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm drunk. It's a (laughs) shitty movie. Let's have a good time. And I press play. And I'm sitting there and I watch it. I kid you not, probably like 30, 35 minutes. And I'm like, man, they really committed to making this movie looking like it's a late 80s, early 90s movie. <laughs> Keanu's looking, looking really young. All right, <laughs> cool. It wasn't until the Patrick Swayze introduction, the Bodie introduction. And I'm like, isn't he dead? I guess this was recorded. And I'm still going. I'm still, I'm still going. And I'm like, no, I guess, I guess they must have made this before he died. And so, you know, it was probably like, one of its later releases. And I'm just sitting there watching. I was like, man, this is really good. But man, they're really committed to making all this technology looking authentic. Like what kind of camera are they using? Like, I don't give a shit about cinematography or anything like that. So I'm like, I, I, I can't remember if I Google Patrick Swayze or, or Keanu Reeves, but that's where I realized that this movie was made in 1991 and not 2014-15. He dies in 2009, and you're like, man, they took six years to digitally remaster this entire, his face onto this guy's mouth. Yeah. Keanu's looking real young. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh my God, I know where this is going. (laughs) It took me 30 to 45 minutes to realize this movie was made in 1991, and I have not seen the remake, and I don't want to because I don't want my feelings hurt. That's really fucking funny. I, I I can I picture you sitting there on your couch, wheels turning, like googling everything at the same time. Like, wait, what? <laughs> awesome. That's the thing. Like sometimes, just I start drinking. I don't drink at home ever. There's those rare occasions, and when I do, we're watching what I think is going to be a bad movie. Except this one was good. This 
it, this is a great movie. Yeah. Watch Point Break. But if you haven't watched Point Break, you want to go ahead and give us a little rundown of the movie? Sure. All right. College football great Johnny Utah graduates from Quantico after blowing his knee out in college, keeping him from becoming the spokesman for Wrangler in the late 90s. <laughs> that went to Brett Favre. Eager to get back in the spotlight, though, Johnny takes his can-do attitude to the bank robbery unit of the FBI, quickly getting on the good side of his partner, Papas, and his boss, Ben Hart. In order to infiltrate the group of bank robbers he's after, he decides to become a surfer and befriends local folk hero, Bodhi. Blinded by Bodhi's zen, he wrongly accuses some local Nazis of being the bank robbers he's after. Soon realizes that his new best friend is the man he's been after, but struggles to put his professional career ahead of his personal feelings. However, Bodhi then goes too far when he kidnaps Johnny's new main squeeze, Tyler, and pushes Johnny over the edge. Bodhi finds his 50-year storm. Johnny and Bodhi reunite one last time. Instead of taking Bodhi in for his crimes, Johnny lets Bodhi take one last ride. And that is Point Break. Ryan, before we hit the important scenes, you skipped a very important part of who are we in this movie. God damn it, I did. Oops. Well, who are we in this movie? Who am I? You are... You're Johnny. Am I? Am I yeah. Johnny Utah? Yeah. I don't have the frame. I have the arm. I don't have the frame, though. We've talked about this movie in our in our group chat several times. This movie's come up. So I just look at Antonio. I think of now, if you'd ask me, when I say Point Break, what do you think of? I think of you. And there's three characters in particular that I just think of. And the first one, if people don't know to follow you on Twitter, they should. And... By the way you tweet sometimes about work, I think of Harp. I'm like, at work, Antonio is probably a smartass, yells at everybody, just like Harp does. So you are Harp. But then I think, you know what? I bet you, though, that if I was like a new hire, Antonio would be like that kind of cranky old guy, being that you're 30, the cranky old guy at the bank, he'd be like, he'd be like Pappas. He'd be like, let me tell you, no kid, why, why do I have to dive down and grab bricks blind? I've, <laughs> I've been in the, I've been in the bank game for whatever, you know, whatever. why do I have to work in the motor bank or, you know, whatever. But if Antonio could just live his life the way he'd want to be, he'd be Bodie. I'm going to go with Bodie. You'd be Bodie. You're not wrong on any of those three. Boom. Bonus round. Are we not best friends? What? Go. <laughs> Bonus round. Go. Amanda. She's oh, not she... here. Huh. I don't know Amanda as well as I know you, Ryan. <laughs> Shit. She strikes me as a very angry person sometimes. And Please so I get, a, I get a heart vibe for her. Oh, absolutely. She also, I don't know if she ever watched Scrubs. I also feel like she loved the Dr. Cox character. She would definitely tell me on a day that I get home and I start bitching about stuff. She's like, oh, I guess we don't have an asshole shortage. <laughs> Missed you too, babe. Missed you too. Um, as we always do, we'll go through the movie, the beginning, the middle, the end. We'll talk about our favorite scenes, most important scenes. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Very beginning, I got Johnny learning to surf, that whole montage. Just the trial and error, him sucking, nearly getting killed, meeting his future main squeeze. Mm, Tyler Tyler which eventually leads him into meeting his bro Bodie 
obviously you see Bodhi in the beginning, but you really don't get introduced to Bodhi until that part of the movie, which is like 25 minutes in. My favorite is right after that, and it's part of yours too, the beach football game. I love that scene. Okay, so I recently saw Point Break like on HBO Max, and the football scene was completely different than what I remember. And I thought, do I have this wrong? So this last time that I happened to go home for a few days, my, my, my parents' house, my childhood home, I happened to see Point Break. So I popped it in, and I am not wrong. Somehow or another, the Point Break version that I have, and this has to be accidental, I'm not sure even how it's possible, but the version I have, the entire football scene, when they say hut, the sound fades out, and Phil Collins is in the air tonight is playing as the movie's going. Do, 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 Just, what I want you to do, if you're listening to this, watch it, mute it, put on some headphones, put in the air tonight, and let me tell you, that beach football scene just goes five fucking levels up. I'm telling you. It has to be a licensing issue. It has to be. Either that or... I, I don't know that that goes with that scene, though. It, you would, okay... Watching it now makes no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want, like, I swear to God, put in the air tonight, mute what's going on in the football scene up until he's like running for like 80 yards. And then after that, then the dialogue comes in. But I, I know that my version has it. It's a, rec- it's like, it's on a bootleg. Well, I mean, it's bootleg kind of, it's like playing on TV. You push record on your VCR and yeah. But that's why I love that scene. That's awesome. It's so cool because it's like, oh, you're Johnny. You t- like, you you know Swayze. Like, he does a really good job. If you really pay attention, when he first meets him, he kind of gives him like an eye, like I know you, but I don't know you. But I'm like, I'm so fucking cool. I'm not gonna pretend as if to let you know that I know who you are, but yeah. knows everything about him. I would be that guy. I'd be like, oh yeah, you beat so and so. I'm, I'm that. I'm that guy. You got that ass beat the Rose Bowl. <laughs> One of the things I did notice in that scene where they. Um, introduce Swayze and uh, Keanu is when he makes fun of his surfboard, he calls it a 57 Chevy. I was like, like the one from Dirty Dancing? Because I don't know if, if you've seen Dirty Dancing, he drives a 57 Chevy. I was like, oh, callback. Okay. I love that. I love when <laughs> movies do that. Kind of in between, like in the beginning, middle of the movie, there's that scene, Johnny gets jumped by the four surfers. One of them being Anthony Kiedis, my man. You know that, right? You do know that that's Anthony Kiedis, right? <gasps> Lee Singer, Red Hot Chili Peppers, makes an appearance as one of the he's one of the Nazis. He's the one that shits himself in the foot. That oh, that's Anthony Kiedis with that awesome ah face. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, not a big Red Hot Chili Peppers guy. Give it away. That impacts one of my questions later. Oh shit! That ass kicking scene is really funny, and then what's great is. When Angelo's running after him, so I guess like the honorable mention, when he's running and he pat, he's like, have either you guys seen a kid <laughs> stole a radio? <laughs> I'm like, I just, I don't know. I find that so funny the way they do that. Yeah. Uh, middle of the movie, what you got? Yeah. I mean, I got the scene like right after that, that we just talked about the house party scene. Uh, that's kind of where the trust develops between Johnny and, and Bodie and that kind of gets Bodie's blessing per se. Right, to do what he wants with, or to shoot a shot with Tyler, you know, make yourself at home. What's mine is yours. 
What a flex. Yeah. I could see that. I could see me going over to your house to watch. <laughs> watch to watch Rabbit. Rabbit. <laughs> and I like, I don't know, like walk towards your kitchen and you're like, hey, yours is mine. Mine is yours. Whatever. Be yeah. like, holy shit. He wants to fuck me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh, sexual tension between the two of them. <laughs> if you did this movie now, there'd be like a cockiness to mm-hmm. a, an arrogance and assholishness to him. We'd be, be like, right. mine is yours, but he does it. He's so like the yeah. sincerity. I think of Bodhi is something that's lost in this movie, but also very like present to let you know that he actually does mean well. Right. And he's fed up with the system. And just the campfire scene where you really get to, you know, or the bonfire scene, I guess, where you kind of really get to know him. You just hear him speaking like, and that's, I think that's a credit to Patrick Swayze. It's just like how good he was. It's just like, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm listening. I was like, I was getting David Koresh vibes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm ready to start the cult, dude. Let's do Let's this. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, as a guy that works a, a boring eight to five job, like, man, no, like you're speaking some truth here, buddy. Like the first skydive. I love that scene because I still wonder where it's going. Like, do they know? I mean, obviously they know, but are they going to tell him that they know that he's an FBI agent? Like, where are we going? How, what are they going to, what are they going to do to his pack or to his uh, parachute? Like, and they keep switching them around and everything. I'm just like, it's still very, it still makes me super anxious. That entire, even though I've seen this movie 15 times, I know it's going to happen, but still tension. It's there. The honorable mention I had though, was uh, the realization when Bodhi rings them up at like, seven in the morning it's like let's go surfing five foot swells or whatever and he's running out there and he notices homeboy moon and it like flashes and she goes oh you look like you've seen a ghost and then it cuts back to to gary Busey saying they are ghosts it's very eerie it's just a very like Ugh. it's a super cool scene like i just yeah. I, I love that scene the skydiving scene to me like i think you hit the nail on the head and then he's still even after they jump, like there's a legitimate connection there between Bodhi and Johnny where he's just like, I know that you're doing the stuff that I'm supposed to stop you, but like you just showed me this hell of an experience, you know, we're bros basically, you know, that scene is so complex. And I think Keanu Reeves does a really good job because to me, I'm thinking if I'm Johnny Utah, I know that you know who I am, but I'm going to pretend as if, I don't know that you know who I know who I am. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. So they play it out. But the entire way down, he's excited. Fuck yeah, this is awesome. And then then you hit the ground and it's kind of like a snap back to reality. But it, it, it takes a little bit longer to get there. It's when he walks him into that van and then it's like, oh shit. Okay. You do know, obviously. And we have this connection and it. it I don't know, man. It's just a great scene. I, I love that scene. The end of the movie. You didn't put anything here. Uh, that was the thing. Is I was trying to figure out because at first I kind of lumped your skydiving scene. It's so difficult to figure out where the beginning, middle, and end really starts. Right. This movie is really weird in that way. Yeah. In that it all kind of runs together. I guess I would think the the bank robbery scene. I mean, that's the climax. The the climax of it. You know, where kind of shit finally hits the fan. Sorry, Johnny. You don't have a mask, so guess you're the one that's going to get, you know, have to take the fall for this. You know, Bodhi breaks his own rule of going for the vault. I think the whole thing that made him 
that made Bodhi sympathetic based on the story they were telling is like, they get the cash, they don't hurt anyone, you know, they're in and out in 90 seconds. And this one, they went for the ball, they were still in and out in 90 seconds, but shit hit the fan this time and he was forced to act. The, the thing is, was that his younger brother that got shot and, and died? I don't think so. Or it was just like, he calls him little brother, right? Right. So yeah. I don't know if that's like the surfer little bro or if that's <laughs> little bro. But I mean, they have very similar hair. Right. And so even then, like even though he shoots and kills a cop. Okay. In real life, don't kill people. Obviously. Don't kill cops. Don't kill anyone. <laughs> I'm not saying it's justifiable, but like he was enraged because someone close to him was taken from him. And right. so he had that moment of, you know, of rage where he kind of just snapped and did what he had never done before. Cause you see that look in his face. Like he still has like an, Oh shit. Like this just went from a bank robbery to I committed so many extra crimes now. I think the age old question about that scene is why this time did they go for the vault? If they had capped off with like, Hey, every last one they do, they go for the vault because they'll have more money, you know, to have for the rest of the, the season until next year or whatever. You know, that scene's always kind of bothered me because it was like, why did they go for the vault? Like, I, the only reason to do that is just because they have to take this story somewhere to have it end. Like, there has to be a reason, I guess, you know, for everything to start falling apart so that Bodhi ultimately doesn't win. We look at Johnny and we obviously see how affected he is by Bodhi's character. Like, his entire outlook, I think, kind of changes. He falls for Lori Petty's character, for Tyler. He falls in love with surfing. He admires their way of life. He admires everything there is about Bodhi. But we never stop to think about like what effect did Johnny have on Bodhi? And I think that maybe Bodhi was somewhat jealous of Johnny. And I say that because as, as he wasn't a materialistic person, he was somebody who envied, I guess, like the kind of life he kind of lived. Like he, he led Ohio State to beat USC in the Rose Bowl. Awesome. This guy took my ex i guess you know what i mean he's he's dating my old girl he's learning to surf he's surfing pretty well i think johnny's character kind of pushes him to the next adrenaline rush i need to top over and over and over and johnny was the one that was pushing him to do that so i think hey you know i'm going to show you up johnny in front of you i'm going to take the vault yeah you get what i'm saying like i just think that it was kind of like a push Kind of a flex, and then also kind of his way of getting back in control. Right. Not that Johnny really ever had control, because he still had Tyler's right. insurance policy, which he called, but at the same time, like, at the same, this is an FBI agent, and I'm still, I need to show you that I'm in full control. So that's why I'm going to, you expect me to do this. And I'm but, not. Yeah. You think you have me figured out, but you don't. Mine was the final scene for the end of the movie, and it's only just because I love the I love the when the cop goes, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get him when he comes back in, when he goes and serves the 50-year wave, and he goes, he's not coming back. Because I just assumed as a kid, oh, man, that's cool. We let him surf. Not thinking, oh, like he's going to like, – I, th- I thought, oh, he means he's not coming back as in I let him go. He's going to surf away. Not he's not coming back because that wave is literally going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And – as you get older, you're like, oh. And that's really shitty Spanish of vaya con Dios. That's really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. I can't even like pretend to do it. Like, it's so bad. 
Vaya con Dios. I can't. I don't. All right. Even though Dow's not here, we're still going to do his section, deeper plot discussion. What was Bodhi's day job? No fucking clue. Never thought about it until I saw this in the outline. I was like, I don't know. Like, I know how he can afford a beach house from his, you know, side hustle. But how do you explain it? Uh, yeah. What did he tell Johnny? I'm guessing the California, you know, beachside real estate market is still a hot commodity in the 80s and 90s. That shitty house that the Nazis lived in, I was like, that's $1.2 million today. Yeah. <laughs> Him and, and the boys could have been like house painters or something. But they never yeah. show. They never say anything, obviously. But I go with house painters, Bob. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, the other one I had was uh, Johnny fucked up a lot. He did. How did he get his FBI job back after the bank robbery, the death of Papas, and to presumably get Interpol to be like, hey. It's true. We're going to make this international now. Yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious was like, hey, in that last scene, they go international. We're going international. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the whole bank robbery thing, I think he could have gotten away with that and explaining like, hey, they took me hostage. I had no choice. And plus I was undercover. So I was already this far in. I had to commit. Obviously, I got fucking shot. So <laughs> I kind of ruined their plans as well. So fuck me, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, I think in reality, he would have probably either been suspended, lost his job, especially after Angelo dies. Sad. That was sad. By the way, I haven't talked about it. The chemistry between Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves, you would think wouldn't work. It works. I love the chemistry. It legitimately is not a father-son. It's a big brother, little brother yeah. that I absolutely I absolutely adore. I think it's fucking awesome how, how yeah. well they get along. And one of my favorite scenes, we didn't talk about it, honorable mention real quick, is the, are you mad? Yeah, I get mad, you know? <laughs> like, it's so footballish, but Just fun all at the same time. Pushes all the right buttons. And then they, they hash it out over a Corona. They go over some evidence, and then he jumps on the... Uh, on the on the table doing his little surfboard thing. I don't know. That whole little scene is pretty cool. I think maybe after Papa's dies, he could be like, hey, if you let me finish, if y'all let me finish this case, I can't do a Keanu Reeves impression. Let me let me finish the case. Let me catch my guy and then I'll resign. That's the only thing I can think of. Should we get to some awards? Sure. The Toby Maguire Jordana Brewster Award for the worst actor in this movie. I don't got anyone. You bastard I knew. <laughs> listen i'm gonna throw out rosie and let me tell you why that character is in a completely different movie than this movie <laughs> and that's why i'm picking that person because i uh, i know the actor it comes out in oz i in wayne's world uh i can't remember the, na- the name of the actor but i'll just go with rosie because I think that they told him that he's like in a horror slasher film when he's doing the camcorder recording with the knife to Lori Petty. I'm like, bro, this is a surf movie, man. <laughs> like, um, the Alonzo Harris Award for the best scene. What you got? Uh, I got the first skydiving scene. My man. I was hoping you were just going to say that one over the second one. Don't get me wrong. The second one is really good. The balls to jump out of a plane with no shoot. Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't wow. be me. Wouldn't be me with a shoot. But <laughs> the tension, man. Like I yeah. the anxiety, everything. Because I think that ultimately which is funny is 
my fear in that first scene is him skydiving without a working parachute or a tampered with parachute and falling to his death. But in the second skydiving scene, he literally jumps out without a parachute. So like, but I'm not, I'm not tension filled on that one. <laughs> Just the first time around, I'm like, what if he doesn't, you know, what, what if he dies? Second one, I'm like, nah, he'll be all right. No shoot, he'll be fine. Tampered shoot, I don't know. Uh, my nomination for this one was the football scene. Oh, fun fact about the football scene. You're, I know you're my Cobra Kai guy. I can't remember if you like the Karate Kid or not. Uh, it's fine. The scene, you remember the first Karate Kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That scene where they're doing the, the night on the beach, mm-hmm. kicking the soccer ball. Yeah. Same place as where they did the football game in this movie. Oh. Same beach, same spot. That was why I put that in here. That and because if I could somehow bootleg a version of my version of Point Break with In the Air Tonight playing, you guys would understand how much more of a level that just takes that scene. I'm telling you, it's amazing. We'll look it up on YouTube once we're done with this recording. I'm sure it has to be out there somewhere. It's a riveting scene. Uh, the AC Law of the Fourth Award, which varies, as we know, from week to week, my guy, AC Law of the Fourth. It's Lori Petty. This is her sweet 16. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with you. I have Lori Petty as well. Why is this your sweet 16? Because I don't know anything else she does after this. I know you listed all that stuff. I know I've seen Free Willy, but I have no desire to go back to see it just to see her. Free Willy would be like AC's first couple of years in the NBA. You're like, I mean, it's there, but yeah, doesn't do much. I love you, AC Lala Fourth. You're always welcome on this podcast if you ever want to be on. You, Martellus Bennett, anybody we want to? Yeah, it's got to be Lori Petty, man. She she has it, but she does have a cool little run there in the early '90s where she does do some recognizable stuff. Obviously, with this movie, A League of Their Own, she was great in A League of Their Own. She's very annoying. She plays the annoying kid sister very, very well, and I think maybe that's just what rubbed me the wrong way because at that time I had a young, I had a annoying younger sister as well. So I guess that's just you know how it is. But no, I mean she had a great stretch, couple years, and then just faded. Very similar to our boy, Cielo the Fourth. But Orange is the New Black was her fun table equivalent. Making that comeback. <laughs> uh, the Mark Wahlberg Award for the best acting performance. Who you got? It's difficult not to give it to everyone. Yeah. I, I really wanted to give it to to uh, Swayze, but I'm going to go Gary, Gary Busey. Why Gary Busey over Patrick uh, Swayze? Swayze is the easy answer. That's why, <laughs> That's why I put him. That's why I put him because you didn't put him. I I probably would have gone with Gary Busey as well because I believe that he would be like at the end of his rope type FBI agent. But the same yeah. could be said for I could see Keanu Reeves being the bright eyed, bushy tailed, young, dumb, and full of calm rookie yeah. FBI agent. No, I mean as the movie was progressing, I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, it's Busey. No, it's Swayze. It's Swayze by a long shot. Then something happens like, no, you know what? It's Busey. Like it was between them two. Yeah. I mean, Keanu's great. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. but Swayze, I think in a few of those scenes, as an adult now, as an adult in my mid-30s, it knows how, a, a, has a little bit more of an enlightenment of how life works. I listen to Patrick Swayze. I'm like, yeah, cool, dude. If I was in my mid-20s, I would believe you. But let's be real. Like I got to pay bills. I do have to take my metal coffin down the road. You know what I yeah. mean? But- it's very believable. It's very sincere. It's very 
nuanced, I guess, kind of in those times. So, and he sells it. That's why I put him down. But I mean, I would go with Busey. Yeah. Quotes, quotes. Get to some quotes. Uh, I think we've hit a lot of these. Uh, what I like this one. The uh, when Busey's talking shit about some punk quarterback, <laughs> and he tossed in right there. He's like, "Hi, punk." Quarterback. And he does that wave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of the LA quotes that they banished like a virgin on prom night. Uh, the air got dirty and the sex got clean. Uh, a couple of good uh, Swayze ones, or one good Swayze one was uh, 100% pure adrenaline. Some guys smart for it, some guys jab a vein for it, but all you got to do is jump when they're getting ready to jump. And they're uh, <laughs> just sitting there in a circle. <laughs> Kiana's just like, so are we going to jump or are we jerking off? That's a good one. Mine is, I love it. It's the scene where Busey's just acting his ass off. We're even reading Calvin and Hobbes. He's like, it's funny. It's funny. I guess I, I, I mean, obviously I, I forgot a little bit, I guess, of this movie or I forgot this particular line. He gives it off like he's going to tell a story, but he's like, around that corner is a sandwich shop. Best meatball subs I've ever tasted. Get me two. And then he gets out to go leave and he's like, Utah, get me two. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> In fairness, that meatball sub did look actually pretty good. $7.91 for two meatball subs, a tuna sandwich, and yeah, two lemonades. What a time. Okay, I thought about that. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is 1991. So I Googled, how much would $7.91 be today? It was like 15 bucks. That's one sandwich at Jersey Mike's. Right, I was like, three sandwiches and two lemonades for $15? Sign me up. They could be the shittiest meatball sandwiches I've ever tasted, and I'd still buy it just because yeah. I'd be like, it's cheap. I can can do it. Final questions. What you got? So I know this is your segment, but I decided to steal it. Uh, Bodhi, he's hot, right? What do you mean? I, I mean, I know that Bodhi's supposed to be in the Fast and Furious. He's technically Dom. But if we look at the entire Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. He's hot. I never thought about that, but yes. Okay. You want to take it that way? Yeah. I'll buy that. Okay. You're right. Um, you kind of ruined my question. <laughs> Which one? Is do the surviving Nazi surfers that get out of prison or avoid prison time altogether because it was a botched raid, do they get it out in time for Woodstock 99 and are they the bros that caused the biscuit set to go off the rails? Oh, absolutely. How did I ruin that? Because... The lead singer of freaking Red Hot Chili Peppers oh. is one of them, and he's the he's the one that fueled the fires for for Sunday night. I forgot about that. Oh, that's right. Wow. So I guess in in reality, they did get out in time, and they they did. Yeah. Whether they did it for the nookie, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. One thing I did want to mention. Patrick Swayze did all his own skydiving in this movie. That's cool. He's a huge skydiver guy, skydiving guy. So much so that like he kept bugging Gary Busey throughout the entire like filming of the movie. Like, you got to go, man, you got to go. Gary Busey's like, no. And then at the, I think after the movie wrapped and everything, a few like weeks after he got Gary Busey to go skydiving, Gary Busey said it was like the scariest, best time of his entire life. I'd wet my pants. One other fun fact Keanu Reeves had never surfed up until the making of this movie. Ever since, been a surfer. Love surfing. 
ratings? It's a four. That is an unsolicited recommendation. Everyone should watch this movie. You and I agree on so much in life. We agree on our takes, but yet we never agree on our ratings. Oh, you're not going to give us a four? Until now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a four. Yeah. It's a good time to quote Amanda. It's always on TV. You can see it. Just watch Point Break. Even if it's for the Phil Collins football. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I swear to God, it's out there. It's it's real. No, but it's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a good movie. I love it. What you got for a recommendation? It's a Keanu Reeves uh, passion project. Uh, it's a free movie on, on YouTube with ads. Uh, it's called Man of Tai Chi. I think I've mentioned it in our group chat before. Uh, maybe a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not a surfer movie, but Keanu cooks. He he has fun in that role. He's the antagonist, and you'll have to read subtitles because some of it is in Mandarin. But it's it's fucking fun. It's like a I don't I think it's in China. It's like a Chinese uh, fight club almost. Ooh, I dig it. I haven't yet to see it. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out before we uh, before we hit Cabo together. Yeah, talk about it. I don't have a recommendation other than you should probably watch Point Break. But if you're listening to this, you probably have seen it. So I hope you enjoyed our little deal. You want to do a little FMK? Let's go. Uh, I got Bodie, Johnny, and our boy Warchild, just because that's a badass name. Oh, got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. Obviously, okay, rabbit fire. I'm going to kill Warchild because that dude was a dick. But the real question is, is who do you fuck and who do you marry? Because... Now, you know what? I'm going to fuck Johnny, marry Bodie, and I'm going to kill Warchild. That's it. Oh, okay. So, killing Warchild. Uh, you're fucking Bodie, though. Season Why? Eight. He's not going to be there. But you're going to go with him. <laughs> no, are, am I? Who was with him in Australia? That's true. That is true. You can't get attached to Bodie. You're setting yourself up for her. It's like trusting Jameis Winston in fantasy football, which I might do again this year. Boom. I'll be marrying Johnny. <laughs> Are you really going to go with Jameis? I might. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm ready to be hurt again. Who are you going to take with your first pick? 